The last characteristic of high morale organizations is that they seem to have fun together. Too often, the parent or the manager is guilty of growling. Okay, we've had enough fun, let's get back to work. And the best work could be done while having fun. Thomas A. Edison once received a letter from a solemn stockholder. A vice president of your company, he wrote, doesn't have a proper sense of dignity of his position and of his association with you. I'm told sometimes his laugh can be heard through his door and all over the office. Edison sent the letter to the vice president tied to the framed picture of a laughing, jolly friar. Hang this picture in the entrance hall, he wrote. Have everyone around the office look at it. Let it be a constant reminder that good business is never done except in a reasonably good-humored frame of mind and on a human basis. I was interviewed once by a committee that laughed more frequently than any group of people I had ever seen. They had been meeting at least once a week for long sessions, and though they were very different individuals, they worked together with a minimum of friction and with great enthusiasm. The secret, I think, was in their laughter. The chairman, Harry Griffin, had structured the group that way from its inception. His philosophy was, We're going to be together for hundreds of hours before this job is done. If we choose, we can grit our teeth and try to get it over with as soon as possible, with no monkey business allowed. Or we can decide to have some fun every time we meet. I vote for having fun. That did not mean that they wasted time, but that in their meetings, they always laughed. There was lots of affectionate ribbing of one another, and the result was a wonderful esprit de corps, which in turn enabled them to finish their task months sooner than expected. People never get to laugh as much as they'd like or have as much fun as they want, so if you can construct your class, your team, or your community so that laughter breaks out frequently, you'll have people clamoring to join your group. We were created to tease and play. Anne Sullivan was, as we've said, a stern taskmaster and a very firm disciplinarian with Helen Keller. How was she able to get away with that, given her high-spirited young student? In part, it was because she mixed laughter and play with the rigors of their study and work together. Immediately after they had learned to communicate words with their fingers, Anne taught Helen how to play. I had not laughed since I became deaf, Miss Keller says. One day, she came into the room laughing merrily. She put my hand on her bright mobile face and spelled laugh. Then she tickled me into a burst of mirth that gladdened the hearts of the family. Next, she guided me through the motions of romping, swinging, tumbling, hopping, skipping, suiting the spelled word to each act. In a few days, I was another child, pursuing new discoveries through the witchery of teacher's finger spelling.